You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct turn here stadium time is 8.39 p.m. Central Daylight Standard Time. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. Your digital audio device must be tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com. I'm Son of Crow, at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter, at Son of Crow on Venmo. To one side of me, rumor monger, Ryan S. Starrett. Go Magic. To the other side of me, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR. A man who drives a Land Cruiser. A man who didn't hit a cyclist on the way to work today. A man who has a pond in his house. Backyard. In his backyard. At AU Chief. Buongiorno. We get it. You have a backyard. Greetings. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, Orange and Truthers. I have a patio. I do have a backyard. It's really... A pain to mow. <laughs> on today's show. No, not the, That's why I put the pond in. I have let's, a pond sitting on the moment. patio. It's just a pond insert that you right. buy for $30 at Home Depot. And it's Sounds gone. fancy. No. Sounds like he walks around with a no. smoking jacket on. No, my backyard is just big enough that it's a real pain to mow with a push mower, but right. not worth buying the riding mower. Ooh. Yeah, probably more than one battery on the electric mower. I, I have an electric mower, and it's just, yeah. it's like we can't ever get the yard mower yeah, yeah. on two batteries. My, my friend had bought a uh, electric mower a, a few years back, and he had that same problem, so I just decided not to go with it. Now, the people right behind me, their yard is small enough. They just mow it. It's a great quiet. thing. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, can't, you can literally put your headphones I'm in. I'm like, what are they doing, doing back there? It's on normal volume. Listen to us. <laughs> yeah. I look back there, and I'm like, what are they doing back there? I'm like, oh, they're yeah. mowing. And it's wide <laughs> enough just walking that, like, back and forth. my wife can carry it up and down the stairs oh, and do it herself. And, like, yeah, it's really great, except it, you can't mow a full yard. Yeah. My mom yard. really wanted to buy one for her yard because my mom— uh, Don't get the Black & Decker one. Oh, yeah, I, that's the worst one I hear. Because the problem is the batteries cost—you wanted to buy more batteries. Like, if we had four batteries— The price of the mower. The price of the mower. Yeah. Because really, you're just buying a battery. So what you're doing, you got to buy all the tools that use the same battery, though. you got to buy the lead They mower. don't make anything else that no. uses that battery. No, Black & Decker doesn't? Yeah. The okay. mower, they don't. I have all the other tools that use a, so a go with, 20 volt. This yeah, is probably 40. 40. Volt. Yeah. You go with uh, Home Depot, Ryobi brand. Yeah. Like the leaf blower, you get the lawnmower, you get a couple tools. Set. Even then, I don't know if the lawnmower works with the same battery. This podcast not brought to you by Black & Decker yet. Sonic Tools didn't make one. Otherwise, we would have gotten that back when they were yeah. sponsoring the show. You have voice you heard there for a second is Drew McCracken, baseball's own Drew McCracken. And uh, he's here to talk to us a little bit about the end of the Auburn college baseball season. That's what we're going to do in today's show. We're going to end baseball. We're going to talk a little bit about basketball. We're going to move on a little bit into a game. <laughs> the game, I didn't tell you guys. Oh, another game. And then <laughs> we'll see what else we have time for. But first, baseball. McCracken, tell us tell us what happened. What's McCracken? Well, how, how's it going, guys? First and foremost, um, oh, not too bad. Very good, very good, very good on the on the loveliest village. Um, 
So, so yes, uh, sadly, uh, the Tigers went uh, two and two and Q in Omaha, as was to be expected for the most part. Um, but even that said, um, that it it's um, as a lot of people have come up to me throughout this week. Um, it, it's more the reward for this team to get to Omaha and get the recognition um, that they deserve plus the recognition that the staff deserves on what they've been able to build in just three short se- three or four short seasons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so, and to get that spotlight um, and also to get the, um, uh, to get the experience of Omaha, get the taste of it back in, in the fans and in, the, and in their mouth uh, as well, that this is a thing that can happen for Auburn baseball, even with all the, uh, limitations that teams in the state of Alabama have to face. Um, you know, it's not just Auburn that has the the no lottery, the you know um, the the scholarship, you know the scholarship stipends uh, that you see uh, ESPN talking about with Michigan right now as they lead Vanderbilt. Um, Auburn doesn't have any of these breaks. Uh, they've got eleven point seven, and that's a strong number. So. Uh, it's a great reward for this uh, for this staff uh, and this team and this program to get to Omaha this year. Yeah, talk about the eleven point seven because we heard a little bit like what was his name from Mississippi State kind of had a press conference that went viral where he kind of said, "Look, we need a third mm-hmm. assistant coach," and eleven point seven scholarships is a joke. Jake Mangum yeah. uh, was the was the young man, and he's absolutely right uh, from Ryan Starrett's own Mississippi State Bulldogs. That's right. Klinger. This is correct. This is correct. <laughs> Klinger. Um, so he's absolutely right. Uh, earlier this season, um, there was a vote that went up. Uh, there are only two paid assistants in college baseball right now uh, across the country uh, in Division One baseball. There was a vote put up among the conferences and teams um, to add a third paid assistant. Uh, for Auburn, it would be Steve Smith. Uh, who is a volunteer assistant right now? Good lord, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yes. is absurd. Steve Smith, Steve Smith, who is the winningest uh, coach in Baylor baseball history, right. who took a team to the College World Series. Yeah, he's a volunteer. That's absurd. Um, it's and you can look across the country. Uh, Ron Polk is a volunteer assistant for UAB. Um, former like an intern uh, program. Yeah. Uh, Former uh, Alabama coach Mitch Gaspard is a volunteer assistant at uh, Georgia right now. Um, You'll see a lot of these former coaches that are okay uh, financially, um, not anywhere near, you know, uh, Nick Saban or anything like that, but can make it work. Uh, yeah. And help Where's run Sonny the Galloway camps. Coaching? Is he uh, one of those assistants? Yeah, I'm, you know, I haven't. I, I, I haven't. Well, wait a minute. I think he's a high school coach. Yeah, the last time I, I hey, think he's picking up softball that. duties. So he's, he's getting paid. If you were to say, <laughs> if you were to like sum up this Auburn baseball run, sure. you know, with with what did you with with a couple of words? But first, I want to say, like, if you could sum up this run with, you know, did you expect it? What does it mean for this team in terms of recruiting, maybe? Um, and what do you think the projection is for next year? So that that's a, a very loaded question, but sure. um, it's three questions, and but, not very good but, I'll, but I'll take it. Um, the um, 
the first one that I'll go with is grit. Um, I think that this Auburn baseball season showed the absolute grit of this program and the um, and what Coach Thompson is trying to infuse in his short time here so far, um, and and what's going to continue to go as uh, as the build out continues. Um, this was a team that never gave up. That n- only a handful of weekends had two uh two star pitchers yeah I, w- I would say they're two aces except nobody expected jack owen to be that guy everybody expected it to be tanner burns and davis daniel davis daniel throws three innings on the season auburn makes it to omaha right um jack owen misses five or six sec series auburn goes to omaha tanner burns goes down and is out from basically right after the vanderbilt series for the rest of the season, he was never really the same. Auburn makes it to Omaha. This is uh, this was a, a team that struggled from basically Saturday at Mississippi State, uh, game two at Mississippi State, until the NCAA tournament started. Um, I, I I don't have the number in front of me. They were twenty and two that Friday night as I left um, Duty Noble Field on the uh, in game one. And from there, I think they went like 13 and 23 or 25 to close out the season. Auburn still makes it comfortably in the NCAA tournament, makes it to Omaha. So uh, you saw a team that fought through inter- injuries. They fought through adversity. They fought through uh, slumps and whatever anybody would throw at them and you know not to mention all the outside stuff from the community uh that that happened during that time whether it was um you know tornadoes or uh police officers um uh, falling in the line of duty or losing their voice of 25 plus years um all of that was absorbed and played out through the field. Um, so I, I think it's absolute grit is what Auburn baseball showed this season and that they really won't stop fighting until the last out is made. I think um, the interesting thing about Auburn baseball is I'm not a baseball itself is very much a mathematical driven sport. It was the first sport yep. to really embrace analytics. It was the first sport to really like kind of do the things based on what the math said to do. That mm-hmm. said, like, I don't really, I, my, my, my left brain doesn't believe in momentum. My left brain doesn't believe that, that there's any right way that uh, losing Rod or, or being counted out or any of that stuff had anything to do with this to run. My right brain 100% says that the Auburn family, Auburn fan base, willed this team to victory. Um, and that and that Rod was somehow a part of that. Mm-hmm. No, it's it, baseball is a very weird sport. Um, you, it's it's a sport that resents change but embraces it. Um, it's really the um, you know you you it's it's one of the first sports, even though it has a very very troubled past. Um, it, it's one of the first sports that embraced a culture change and tried to bridge racial gaps, even right. though, you know, you, you look back and it's got some pretty nasty pitfalls there. Right. Um, and, and as far as rules go, changing itself, reinventing itself to try to make it um, 
for for this uh, for different generations. It's a game that's been around since the 1860s, 50s. If you really want to go back far enough, um, but but yeah, baseball will make you believe in things that you normally don't believe in. Um, and you know, not to bring up bad um, bad memories, but you saw it in the Auburn uh, Mississippi State game. You had a team that said, "We've got to do it right now." And I, I truly believe Auburn got a little, got a little nervous about trying to get that, those last, you know, outs 25, 26 and 27 um, and thought about it too much. Um, But, but even, even that Auburn still got it to that point. They know that they're, that they can beat Mississippi state. They know that if they had a couple of more swings and it, um, are able to make a, a one fielding play, they probably get past Louisville as well. Um, if it, if it weren't for a bobbled ball at second. Um, but, uh, but no, uh, I, I totally understand what you're saying, uh, that momentum isn't really a thing, but momentum is a real thing. Right. For sure. Yeah, I think the same thing about kind of every sport, basketball as well. Like the thing about baseball you know, I, I dog on baseball, I rag on baseball all the time for having so many games. But there's so many games, yet every game you have a chance of seeing something that you've never seen before and that mm-hmm. nobody has ever seen before. And that Auburn Mississippi State game had an ending that literally had me going, Have I ever seen anything like that before in my life? Um, and then you saw Louisville's pitcher just dog cussing <laughs> Vanderbilt. Like, yeah. There was, there's been some moments, you know, some real moments in this. Well, it's happy. I'm happy Auburn got to be a part of some of those. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you you know, you talk about, you know, I brought up the bad, but let's bring up the good. When's the next time you're going to see a team take a 13 to nothing lead into the bottom of the first inning? Right. <laughs> um, exactly. That was awesome. You know, that's never, ever going to happen again. And back-to-back games, much like the 2013 team, you know, pretty much back to back games, amazing things happened. Um, and, and I'm not lost. Uh, that's not lost on me at all. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, I, I think that this season was a, was a huge, um, um, was a, for the baseball team, I know it's bittersweet because it, it's more of a, man, if we, if we would have had this because the, you know, Auburn went five and three in the NCAA tournament, but man, those five, you know, those games were, went five and one going into the, into the college world series and could have won those two. Yeah. But man, if they had that kind of offensive output, if they had that kind of pitching throughout the entire season, you know, it makes one wonder what would have really happened uh, going forward. So real quick, let's do, Mm -hmm. what do you think about next season? Do we think, this team has a chance to go back, or do we think this is maybe a flash in the pan? Auburn, and and this is so weird because I've followed Auburn since nineteen since I figured out that Auburn wasn't just a football team, um, right. that it was an actual school, and that it actually had different sports. Um, so I can honestly say I've never, I haven't felt this good about an Auburn baseball team since nineteen ninety eight. After wow. the 97 season going into the 98 season, Auburn will return eight players in the everyday players in their lineup, um, including their DH and Connor, uh, Connor Davis. 
uh, the only person Auburn will lose that pe- that people are uh, used to seeing every day is Will Holland. Um, and as far as the pitching staff goes, Auburn's only losing two. Uh, Blake Shalacy, uh, who graduated, uh, one of, was one of Auburn's two seniors. Um, Brett Olson was the other. Uh, and Elliot Anderson, uh, who was the first one out of the pen for the Tigers, um, will also has also already signed with uh, the Kansas City Royals. Um, so coming, you know, you look at, you just look at those two numbers, you know, Auburn's losing their probably one of the best defensive shortstops they've ever seen. But that that's before you realize, well, Ryan Bliss was the number two overall, um, shortstop in the state of Georgia two years ago. Um, and we'll make an easy transition over to second base or uh, from second base over to shortstop. Okay, well, that leaves the question of who's going to play second. What you may not know is Edouard Julian is a natural second baseman. That was his position coming out of high school or academy or whatever you want to call it up in up in Canada. And he announced today that he's coming back uh, for the 2020 season. So Great. move Edouard from third base over to second base. Okay, Damn. well, that leaves third base open. Well, Rankin Woley played third base at LSU and last year in junior college, or two years ago in junior college. Move him over from third base. All right. Well, what about first base now? Connor Davis is a natural first baseman as well. So the Tigers will, their infield will look very familiar, uh, although everybody will be in a new position more than likely. This is me projecting. The outfield will be the exact same. Uh, you'll see the uh, the arm uh, that Judd Ward has all next season. Case and Howe will still be running around catching fly balls. Stephen Williams will still be hitting home runs and doing what he does. The, the real good thing for Auburn going forward from here is that uh, the Tigers are getting a huge signing uh, in Nate LaRue, who's going to be uh, who's going to platoon, at least in my opinion, with Matt Scheffler uh, behind the plate. So Scheffler was able to do, I think, all but about three or four games. Yeah, um, that was wild. With yeah. uh, with Chase Hall. Uh, and you're talking about 60, 66 games, 68 games. Um, and all he missed was about three or four or five. Um, so you're you're going to see that uh, along with Chase Hall um, it, as, as long as he remains on the team. I know. Uh, a lot of guys are are kind of thinking about their future with so many players returning. Um, so there will be some transfers. I, I think I know of about three or four that I've heard are in the portal already. Um, that that um, Everett Lau uh, is is one of the ones that I've heard is really contemplating his future along with uh, Kyle Gray. Um, but uh, as far as in the field. Uh, the Tigers are set up. Um, the The real fun part um, is going to be the rotation. Um, Tanner Burns will be your Friday night guy, as he has been since basically the beginning of this season. Jack Owen also announced that he was returning um, uh, today as well, with along with Edouard. Um, so he'll be your Saturday guy. And then Sunday will just be who's got the hottest arm. Um, you'll have Richard Fitz going for that line. You'll have uh, Bailey Horn, who really turned it on at the at the end of this season, 
uh, looked great in Atlanta against Georgia Tech, um, had moments in the NCAA tournament uh, in the College World Series against Louisville. Just, I, th- I think he was just starting to run out of steam um, as things went on, but he'll be a, a redshirt junior this year. Um, but then you also start to throw in some of those other guys. Um, Hayden Mullins is going to be a uh, is a signee out of uh, my neck of the woods up here in uh, uh, up in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Um, he was going to be an uh, MLB draft prospect, but uh, took the advice of Tanner Burns and. Garrett Wade and said, no, I, I really want to work on um, on getting my, my arm ready for the next level. So he's going to be at Auburn for three more seasons. Um, it's the it's the most talented I've seen Auburn and the deepest I've seen Auburn in 20 years. Um, as far as a team goes, this is the team that I was kind of pointing to even after last season. Uh, just with all the returning players that were that could have come back, um, really and truly, the the major league draft couldn't have gone much better for Auburn, um, unless you really thought that uh, Gunnar Henderson was going to sign, uh, was right. going to spurn the major leagues in two point five million dollars. But uh, it looks like he's made the decision to go there. That's so, a smart decision. Nobody um, should turn down two and a half million dollars. I don't, I don't think anybody should. Um, if you do, you have a lot of faith. Uh, There's a lot of things that I would do for $2.5 million. <laughs> and, and Auburn baseball is up there. I don't know at the $2.5 million level, right. though. I could say no. Um, so, so yeah, to, to be completely honest, Auburn's in the best scenario they could be in. Um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, only two guys are going to go pro. and um, one's a pitcher and the other one's Will Holland because right. I think we all knew he was going to be gone at the end of the right. season. I would have taken that deal in a heartbeat. What a um, as long as it as long as it wasn't you know somehow Tanner Burns or something like that. Um, but but no, Auburn is set up. The question's going to be: Can they break out of that offensive slump and can the pitcher stay healthy? As long as Auburn can avoid the pitfalls that got them this season. Auburn's going to be fine, um, and they could very. the The question will be: Can Auburn host, and can Auburn host a super regional wow. uh, to get try to get back to Omaha? Well, that's great, Drew. A lot of great info, a lot of hope left in the program. Always a pleasure having you on. We're going to have you on again next year to preview the baseball season, and uh, and who knows what else. Yeah, I, I, I'd be happy. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, I've got a very, uh, very popular thread in the fall, uh, and I'd be happy to to come on and, and share some of my wisdom oh, with sure. uh, <laughs> with with how to how how we uh, how we look outside of just Auburn football uh, to to engulf a Saturday. That's so good. Yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for talking. You guys have a good one. And uh, we're going to pause real quick to take a little break. Jack. Roll that beautiful bean footage. And we're back. <laughs> that was a great ad, probably for a podcast. It sounds so much better than this one from an or audio standpoint. Or the full cast. Um, but next, let's talk a little basketball. We're watching the NBA Awards on TNT. 
on the TV right now because I can't be bothered to watch anything else or look for anything else. Is Plus, there anything else on? There's probably the Braves are losing. So there's probably baseball and Toronto soccer. Five straight Ooh, earlier. Wow. Uh, is is Gold Cup? Are there any matches right now? I watched Chile v um, Uruguay earlier. Uh, I watched something earlier too. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Well, Shaq is standing next to two chains. Speaking of two basketball players, Alabama <laughs> State's own two chains. Uh-huh. Did you guys know that I played basketball at Alabama State? Didn't know that. Yeah, now you do. Um, guys, Auburn had a player drafted the 16th pick in the NBA draft to former Shaq's former team, the Orlando Magic. That's pretty crazy and pretty awesome. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. Like every every single uh, pre-draft thing that I looked at, and I looked at them back. So looking like he might slip into the second round. We've been looking at NBA mock drafts for at least three months, months, probably. Yeah. First, let's get this out of the way. I believe uh, ever since I've been on this podcast, I know we talked about Jim Kiki as the NBA player, the best NBA on this player. team. Yeah. And I feel like we were justified. We were justified. I think vindicated. Vindicated. We said we were saying that back in the Now Invitational. Yeah, but before that, but we we saw a guy. Uh, get picked well over where I thought he was going to go. Yeah. Maybe a reach by the Magic, but they acted like not only did they want Chuma, they wanted Chuma there and that they had him there. This is their plan. From the get-go. Yeah, they were, they were looking to trade back and nope. pick him in the mid-20s or into the first round. They we wanted, wanted Chuma. They wanted him there. They want to pay him. They want him. I mean, yeah, they, this, this was their guy. They made a couple of statements after the draft. I, wa- I don't know if you guys watched the Introductory press conference. Oh, Mokiki. I didn't. I want. Uh, I won't, I didn't know that was. It's about on OrlandoMagic.com. Okay. Um, the GM, I noticed he wasn't there. Right? He was there. He was. Okay. Oh, yeah. You just see Chuma hold a jersey up. It's, uh, it's a good time. Chuma 033. Chuma 033. You get to see. Chuma. Oh, I was talking about at the draft. No, he. Was oh no, he was in the draft. draft. This is the next. This was like I think two days ago. Okay. Um, so Chuma is standing. The, the GM of the Magic. Comes out first and kind of talks about, hey, this is why we got this guy. And mainly it was because we need team players on our team. Mm-hmm. We need guys who defend. We need guys who play multiple positions. All the reasons they like Chuma. But then it talks about how, like, we've been – they were, like, following Chuma for months. Oh, like dude. They were, like – So they were already on him before Chuma, the tournament. Yeah, for a long time. Okay. And so – Maybe they listen Maybe they listened to the pod I, before you know the what? season. It would not shock me if they're a GM of the Orlando Magic. is one of the you know dozens of people who listen Orange to this Truther. podcast. He's a huge Orange and Truther. <laughs> one um, of the uh, 69 listeners we had this week. Nice. Well, we have more than that, but that I was know. the moment I yeah, checked. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think, well, uh, for our podcast that most of you are listening to probably the day we're had, recording this week's podcast. Yeah, exactly. It hadn't hit iTunes yet, which yeah, I believe is how. Which you guys might realize we've, uh, we've changed over into a new format with Vox and SB Nation. Now we're going to have... Uh, we're a partner ads. podcast, and, yeah. and so hopefully that brings us more listeners, and so hopefully it uh, makes our podcast better because we're going to be able to get some equipment and stuff around here. Do we have to cut a promo at any point? I hope so. I'll cut it just like Ric Flair, <laughs> whose stepson just going to Auburn. Let's talk about that later. Yeah. That's tease for a later segment. <laughs> so we Chumo Kiki, Chumo Kiki. We all knew he was going to get drafted. Right. Last yeah. week I said we're going to have one, maybe two, maybe three guys drafted. But definitely one, and we definitely had one. We had yeah, one. Our, our question was what, whether or not he was going to be a first-round pick. Right. And not only, he was just out of the lottery. He was almost a lottery pick. Right. Um, if he had, if, not, if he had if, not gotten hurt, he would have been a lottery pick. Well, if he had not gotten hurt, if Orlando had the 15th pick, they would have taken him. 
He's not gotten hurt. He's a national champion and probably a top ten pick. Yeah. Oh, I think without a doubt. Yeah. But I think I think if the Magic had had the fifteenth, they'd been fifteenth. They just, yeah. just took him. I think you're right. Um, so he's going to make two point five million dollars. Yeah, a lot of money next year. A lot of money uh, to sit in Orlando at Disney World. No, and that's a, a uh, and it goes up every year. It goes up every year in the NBA. It's a three five. It's a three with an option for four, I okay. believe. Unless it's a fourth an option for five. Um, the question I have is: Does Chuma get a pass to Disney World written into his contract? Uh, I would. That's where he's rehabbing. But that's that's but he's, he's a Florida Disney. resident anyway, so it's pretty cheap for him to get a. Uh, that's right. No, he's from Orlando. He's from he, Atlanta. He will be a Florida. Oh resident. right. He'll be an Orlando resident. Yeah. What's what's the deal with like living in Orlando saves you a ton of money on taxes or something? For Disney World? No, there's, there's no income tax or something in Florida. Yeah. Well, that's true. It's no yeah. state income tax. Right, yeah, okay. State income. Yeah. So that's one of those where he's getting most of that two and a half million. Yeah, Florida, Texas, well, the Tennessee. U.S. government's still going to take a hefty, hefty, a hefty amount. And any, t- any state that he plays in that's not Florida will right. take money from him. Right. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So if you play... Because they get game checks. They don't get... Oh, yeah, it's wow. Sticks. That is the that's why dumbest a lot of guys thing go broke. I've ever heard. <laughs> you play in the NFC East, or the AFC East, for instance, you're paying New York income tax, Massachusetts, Massachusetts income tax, Florida doesn't have it, but you're paying those other two, and it's going to, it kills you. Man. Yeah. So, and like, yeah. That is the dumbest That's thing why like guys go broke. There's a documentary well. called Broke on ESPN that goes into this really well about how these guys don't realize that's and they're going to be paying like 70% of their income in taxes to various states and governments. Well, California is the absolute worst. You go play in Toronto, guess what happens? Oh, yeah, yeah that's probably pretty. That's probably actually the absolute worst. Right. That's literally probably about 70%. Because you're playing in Toronto, and then you have to go pay state income oh. taxes for those states. Yeah. Man. It's a bad time. I mean, you're still taking home a ton of cash. And Chuma's going to yeah, be you, set you for life. Yeah, you need to get financial well. advisor. I think the, the real... Thing is, is these guys don't listen to their financial advisors, or they have bad. Or yeah. yeah, they don't listen to this their podcast. cousin is their financial advisor. Right. Um, so um, what, what I want to talk about more though is Kareem. that we we kind of talked about this before the pod about the situation that Bryce and Jared are in. Yeah. So Bryce and Jared are both undrafted free agents have signed with teams Bryce to the Kings. And which is a great organization for him. The Kings are not the not a great organization. Well, not the dumpster fire they were. They figured they kind of a uh, the Kings have uh, a buddy of mine says the Kings have, in spite of themselves, become a really good organization. It's the capital of California. It is the capital of California, Chief. <laughs> the Kings have made uh, some terrible moves that they've lucked out and they've worked out. So like they got rid uh, of Boogie. They got rid of Boogie, which seems like a bad idea. The guy they got Boogie. They got four boogie and ended up being okay, but he healed. Um, Three point shooter. The Aaron Fox is super good. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of nobody saw that coming. He was nominated for most improved player tonight. You you see a team that needs a score from the three point from the wing, and that's exactly what Bryce is able to do. Now, will Bryce be a starter in this league this next year? Um, go ahead on record and say Probably. there's no chance. Probably not. Um, but he's going to have a chance. He's got a chance to make a team, um, which I think part of the beauty of being an undrafted free agent is the Kings probably weren't the only team that called him. And so he was able to kind of say, okay, well, this is probably where I have the best shot. Same with Jared. Jared's going to a team that doesn't have a point guard on the roster. Oh. They drafted have they one. had a point guard since Steve Nash was there? Yeah, they've had a couple. <laughs> they drafted, I believe they drafted the guy from Virginia. Is Dan Marley still there? No, he's not. He's, oh. he's actually, I think, in the organization now. Oh, yeah, I think you're right about that, actually. Um, 
They drafted the guy from Virginia. Actually, both the Kings and the... Kevin Johnson's the mayor of Memphis. He is. Right? No, he's Memphis? the mayor of Sacramento. Sacramento. You're right. <laughs> both Memphis. those guys... Kenny Hardaway is the mayor of Memphis. Kenny Hardaway is the de facto <laughs> mayor of Memphis. Um, anyway, go Both those guys, Jared and Bryce, go to teams with players from Virginia to be their teammates in the summer league. Um, the, the Suns signed five point guards in this draft. Slash so draft. That is absurd. They don't have one. So they're like, look, we're going to get some guys in is, and we're going to figure out who's a point guard. Is Jared the best point guard they... Uh... Well, one of them they drafted. And they, yeah, but the is he better than that guy? Yeah, the second round. They think that he's the guy. But, Jared, I mean, Jared legitimately has a chance to become a bench role player in the NBA next year. That's pretty cool. hard for the Phoenix Suns because they're going to they're going to give the guy they they're drafted probably a shot. stink right. Um, they're going to probably stink. Do they, they got DeAndre do, Ayton? They got um, Devin Booker, and they traded for somebody. Do they still run that uh, just absolute? Oh well, that's no good. No, kind of everybody in the league runs that. Well, that's true. But that guy, Mark Mike D'Antoni, now is the coach of the Houston Rockets. That's right. Who I kind of wanted Bryce Brown to go to, considering they're like obsessed with three point shooting, and he is also. Yeah, but they don't need the defense. They get they got James Harden. It's true, they got James Harden. They don't care about defense <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I was gonna say that he's the best defense player in the league. Right? No, he's. The worst. <laughs> so, the, so the good news with uh, Jared and Bryce being undrafted free agents, I mean, they're definitely gonna be playing summer league. They're playing summer they're league. Gonna be on ESPN on your TVs. They're gonna be on ESPN, ESPN two times plus, right? No, ESPN. Oh. ESPN. There's a couple of summer games yeah. that Jared and Bryce will be in. Okay. Otherwise, you they play them all pass. in Vegas, right? Yeah. There's a Vegas summer league and an Orlando summer. There's two summer leagues. Oh. Um, so teams, not every team plays new? in both. No, it's been that way for a while. Do most of the rookies play in the summer league? They play in the rookie They put league. all the rookies. Almost every team puts their rookies in summer league. Okay, as well so, as so Chim will probably be in Orlando. So under the free agents. Well, not playing, play. of course. Oh, right, right, right. UDFAs. <laughs> you'll be cheering his friends on. Yeah. You'll be UDFAs, rookies that you drafted, will play in a couple, and then... Like older random G League guys that are like still fighting for a shot. Seth Curry. Yeah, like Seth. Seth was one of those guys, and now he he is a a good player for the Trailblazers. Actually, he's a free agent. There's a good chance the Lakers sign him. But you're looking at guys who are fighting for chances to play in the league. So if you if you are a guy like me who loves basketball, the summer league is awesome because it's a bunch of dudes who are fighting their tails off to make an NBA roster. Um, it's good basketball. It's definitely not NBA basketball. It's not the best level. It's, what it is? It's the it closest you get level. to tryouts what in if, professional sports. Yeah. Right? What if LeBron sees one of our two guys and is like, I want this guy? Let me tell you well, what I understand about the NBA. Um, LeBron gets whatever he wants. Right, right, right. <laughs> so if LeBron were to say, I want Jared Harper as the point guard of the Lakers, Jared Harper is the point guard of the Lakers. Or the backup point guard. Well, they just yeah. traded uh, Lonzo, right? So. I mean, they actually do need a point guard. I could see, I could see Bron uh, liking uh, Bryce too. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Charles yeah. gets uh, in LeBron's ear a little bit. What so I know Mark, about, I know you know LeBron James. Oh, he loves not, Jared Harper. Teams of Bron sure need Charles guys and Bron are good friends. Just, just roll with it. Anyway, check out Bron. Okay. What we need um, from both these guys is for them to have good summer leagues. A bad summer league could mean the difference of they're playing on NBA right, team next right, year right, or right. they're playing. You know, overseas. In Argentina with Horace Spencer. Horace Spencer got signed today by an Argentinian team. It's pretty good. I saw some guys on the comments on that team's signing bemoaning the fact that Horace only averaged four points a game for his career. He clearly didn't. They don't watch a lot of Horace Spencer basketball. Because what he does do is 
every other thing that you need yeah, yeah. to win games. Yeah. So I think Horace, Horace will play overseas for as long as he wants to play overseas. He will yeah. have a spot. That's awesome. We're still waiting on Malik Dunbar. I would be shocked if he's not being paid to play basketball next year. Or, or football. football. So look, guys, we are, it's getting too late on and it's too late in the day for that. <laughs> I, would be, I would be really shocked if a football team actually paid him money to go to I, camp. I don't know. He's yeah, raw he's talent. He's big. You would already know. The draft, NBA, NFL draft was months ago. He was still playing basketball. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, Mr. Combine. It's not too late. I mean, they, don't, they don't have to report for another month. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I think you'll see Malik. I think you'll see Horace getting paid to pay hoop, play hoops for a few years. And I think that there's a chance you'll see three Auburn players wearing NBA uniforms by this time next year. Pretty, Here, here's a question for you, Crow. Well, they won't oh. be wearing them this time next year. Right. Of the three guys that we're expecting to see in the NBA next year, who starts a game first? Chumoki. Oh, yeah. Starts a game? Well, no, I mean, he's probably not playing any NBA basketball until at least beginning of the year. Oh, he's sure. Like he, until January I, I don't, February. I don't right. know. I, I think he'll be back before that. Well, I don't know if the, if the Magic will want him back before that. They might be wanting to lose some more games. Oh, that's true. They might be happy rushing dude back to make yeah, yeah, the eight seed in the East. That's true. They might be trying to get that number one pick. I think... I think Chum will start a game next year. I don't think he'll start a game this year. I don't think that Jared and Bryce... I think it would be amazing if they started in the NBA There's no way next year. Even for the Suns? Even, even for the Suns. Because, number one, you've got to outwork and out play their draft pick who was also and, and a, let me a be clear I'm not saying become a starter I'm saying start a, a game. game right now wait a minute with the Suns you never know because the Suns might be in the right. tank they might just yeah. throw yeah. everybody in there could be an injury too yeah. uh, but I still think it, you're looking at Chumo Kiki Chuma and then Jared and then Bryce I'd say yeah kind of just because of the way that the rosters are set up right. I think Jared has a better chance to move right in on that roster right if he's the backup point guard they then. don't have a point guard on the roster guys I mean it's they're free agents, and they—that's why they picked. Got five guards. Who did? Who did they sign? Um, they drafted. Let's look that up, Chief. Keep talking. Um, talk amongst yourselves. So, Chief, who do you think look, look forward a year? Okay. If some, if an Auburn player is drafted in the 2020 NBA draft, who uh, is it? Uh, Shreve Cooper. But wait, he's not playing next year. Well, he might be in the draft. <laughs> anyway, no, he can't go in the draft. I thought next year. That's the next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, is no, is anybody on the roster now? Um, Austin Wiley. I was about to say, as much Austin, as maybe not um, seen Austin hit his potential yet. Yeah, it depends on how his he's year a, goes. at any point. You could be. He could. Be I mean, he didn't go player. this year because he wasn't going to get drafted. Right. So he's going to have to have a, a good year to uh, get drafted. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's always. I don't think. Um, there's always Samir. I don't know if he's he's kind of one of those in between guys. Yeah, where well, he's not really big enough yeah. to play his game in the NBA, but it works great in college. That's true. Um, um, Cameron Johnson from North Carolina, the wing shooter, is who they drafted in the first round. The Suns, who, which is weird because they have Devin Booker who plays that exact same position. He they drafted him at eleven when he was supposed yeah. to be a late first yeah. round, early second round pick. Yeah, as pick. a senior, and they and and again. They don't have a they don't have the point yeah. card. Yeah, the, Suns, the Suns had oh, yeah. draft a draft uh, Wasn't uh, Kobe White still on the board at that point? They traded down. Chumo Kiki was still on the board at that point. Well, they need a point guard. 
Why would they, they not? They took Cam Johnson. They could. They could have taken Kobe. Yeah, the C-O-B-Y Kobe. They also got, I believe, Ty Jerome. Um, That's the Virginia guy. That makes sense. That makes sense. What a loser. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, they drafted Ty Jerome, a guy who uh, double dribbled in the Final Four. Yeah, um, yeah, sure yeah. Sure enough, sure did. So I've got uh, no, something. But he plays guard as well. So you're looking at they they drafted two guards and they signed three guards in undrafted free agency. So Jared has a shot, but he has to beat out two guys. That he's better than Ty Jerome. I think he's better than Ty Jerome too. But he doesn't play the same position as Cam Johnson. So right. Cam Johnson's not going for the point guard right, spot right. unless Phoenix is saying they're going to move Devin Booker and play the one, which is a terrible idea because you need him catching you got shooting. Jared, you got Jared Harper signed to a contract. Well, for summer league contract. But again, one of the things I was going to say about this is that both these dudes have the opportunity to ball in summer league, and right. their contracts are up at the end of summer league, which allows them Especially to then sign. Yeah, they can sign with another team. So if they play really, really well, uh, if Jared just balls out and he doesn't want to be in Phoenix anymore, but the Lakers come and say, "Hey, it's a nice you little retirement for the Lakers." Great, he can sign with the Lakers. He can sign with another team. The Magic. Sounds like the, the Phoenix is the best situation. Phoenix is probably the best situation in the league for Jared. I, it, which makes me think that's why he signed. The, for sure. He's them. not a dummy. Um, this, this is a tryout for the point guard spot, basically. Right. And, and I think they probably spots. told him, we're going to draft a guy, but we're gonna sign, we'll sign you to this, and you know, the job's yours if you can win it. There, so. are, there have been stories in the past where um, players have this. I don't believe this is what happened with these two guys. Where players have put out false information mm-hmm. um, to teams that might draft them, hoping oh, they don't yeah, draft yeah, them, yeah, yeah. so they can be undrafted free agents and sign with whoever well, they see, want. See, that, that's the thing I was thinking. It's possible that Jared Harper ends up making more money than Ty Jerome, and for sure it is their because there's guard. no like, there's no slot for Jared. So right. Jared can sign a contract for whatever he wants, whereas Ty Jerome has to sign a contract for what the slotted pick. Right. Whatever he was in the second round. Very strange situation. It's to keep the reason it's the way that way it is is to keep um, teams from signing their first round draft pick to some unbelievable amount of money. Right. Right. All the NBA salary rules exist to protect the owners from being idiots because owners have been idiots so many times in the past. Excuse me, governors. They what are they? They call them governors. I think that's it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I thought they were going to call them shareholders or primary. They should just be called franchisees, which is what they are. But <laughs> yeah, whatever. They were the primary. They shareholders. own the teams. They don't own the players. I get yeah. what they're trying to say, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and nowadays, it's very few teams that are that are primarily owned by one dude. Yeah, it's like a bunch of dudes. So they might as well just say like and, part and of the ownership. Bus owns the yeah. team. I'm sure like there's other women like cubes. Maybe. Owns the Mavs and he owns the Mavs. Period. Yeah, yeah. But like Michael Jordan doesn't own the Hornets. Him and like thirty people. Yeah. Own the Hornets. <laughs> is he the majority shareholder? He's one of the. I don't even know if he's the majority shareholder. He's just a shareholder in the Hornets. Probably not because he's not that rich. He's, he's rich. a billionaire. Yeah, which is the brand makes him the most money. So, so that's, we were we were talking about undrafted free agents. Oh yeah, I got yeah. one thing I want to look at real quick. Yeah, I was great. Kind of Scored two runs. Oh, I'm wow. done with. Uh, I'm done with this. No, so I just wanted to see. What kind of guys have made NBA careers out of being an undrafted free agent? Sure. Um, Marquise Daniels. Marquise Daniels is actually one of them. Ten-year vet. Yeah. Auburn's own. Uh, so here, here's a top ten list. I think it got published maybe last year, December 2017. You will you know most of these guys. Sure. J.J. Barea. 
Number mm-hmm. 10. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Lin. Lin. Jeremy Lin. Number 8, Wesley Matthews. Trailblazers. Ugh. Wesley Matthews, the guy the Mavericks paid way too much money <laughs> for for a long time. Number 7, Raja Bell. Yeah, Raja Bell. Number 6, Jose Calderon. Yeah. This is okay. So Jose Calderon shouldn't count because he played. Is he an international guy? He played in Europe for a billion years and decided to come over and try his hand at the NBA. Number five, Udonis Haslam. Udonis, that that's a big one. (laughs) That dude played for the Heat for ever. He's a multiple NBA champion. He's going to have a statue built by the Heat, right? Is that what I mean? Like he's better than Marquise, I would say. (laughs) Just number four forever. Crow's favorite, Avery Johnson. Great player, not a great coach. Number three, Brad Miller. Ah, okay. Number two, Bruce Bowen. Hmm. And number one. Man, I hated Bruce Bowen as a Mavericks fan. Absolutely. Number one, Ben Wallace. Oh, Ben Wallace undrafted. was undrafted. Wow. So as Did any of those guys start their rookie year? It probably doesn't Nah, I, I couldn't tell you. Jose Calderon might have. Well, right, so uh, yeah, that, that so, but the, sense. Anyway, that just kind of goes to show you, I mean, you're not going to be LeBron being ben undrafted. Wallace, wow. But you can have a very solid NBA career. And NBA be champion. An all-star, be NBA champion. Like Defensive player of the year. Yeah. This doesn't really limit their upside. It just puts them a little bit behind the eight ball as far as where they're starting at. Yeah, because yeah, teams are going to give the guys they drafted a lot more right. shots. All right, so let's take a break. And now it's time for listener questions. Oh. We put it out a little bit late. Um, the College of Mag account. We have two questions. That we're gonna ask, that we're gonna answer. That's pretty good. Yeah. Dr. McLaughlin, Will McLaughlin from the firm, the McLaughlin Group, asked: Now that the season is officially over, assess all sports, and where would this year rank all-time history? It's an essay question. You know what, Will? To be 100 percent honest, this is what next week's episode is going to be about. So stay <laughs> tuned to the Orange Tree Podcast. Next week we're going to do season and review, and where does this season rank all-time in Auburn history? Ryan actually has an algorithm that. Can shoot out where this yeah, season ranks. I counted. Do you want me to, you want me to tease is it? Is it an algorithm or is it just a? Uh, it's a spreadsheet. It's a, it's a point system. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I asked you, and I don't. I don't know if you uh, answered. It's a series of numbers. <laughs> I don't know if you answered uh, this. Uh, do you figure drafted players into your uh, point system? I thought about it, but I did not. Oh, you should. No, because no, because there's not a. The the NBA draft only has two rounds. That's yeah. true, but it's, it's, it's hard to keep it standard. It still seems like a big deal. When you get it is a big deal, but there's nine so, yeah, guys on the football. You have to wait the NBA player getting drafted. What, I, than well, what I was point. afraid of when doing that is Auburn has saying NFL that players. Lazy and you don't want to do it. Pretty much. <laughs> no, Auburn has NFL. The players go to the NFL it. draft every year. Yeah, that's now, true. I didn't really have a great way to not just. You'd have to figure have out that extremely way over. You'd have the, to figure out how to NFL weight it, and, or only count the top three rounds right. or something. Like that. And like, so if you an Auburn player gets an international cap at women's soccer, that's worth a hundred points, exactly. right? But it's that's difficult to weight as to what year it would happen. Because all right, anyway, <laughs> that's happening next week. We're going to talk about where does this we'll season get to rank? Other question from Tyler Doyle at Tyler E. Doyle on Twitter. Hmm. Where, which team does the best next season? Football, basketball, or baseball? Basketball. Mm, baseball. That's, that, that's tough because baseball. your instinct was to say basketball because we were just at the Final Four. Right. But with losing the kind of guys we're losing, right. that, that's a tough answer. I think the program is, the basketball program is probably in the best place. In yeah, the no, if we make the tournament... This year, it's a successful year. That's what 
That's what I say. In That's kind of now the, the goal every year at this point. Yeah. Like, I feel like making the Final Four every year is an unrealistic. We make the tournament three years in a row? That's mm-hmm. huge. Good gracious. Good gracious. <laughs> three straight NCAA tournaments would be unbelievable. I still think basketball... And, and, and we could be good again. You've got Jay Bob McCormick coming back. We've got Austin Wiley. Mm-hmm. Austin Wiley is an NBA player. Period. If he can be if healthy he can, for us. Yeah. If, we have if a, he if can you, be consistent. If he's, he's not a great healthy guy. Austin Wiley. He's shaped like an NBA player. <laughs> yeah. If you have a healthy uh, Austin Wiley for a full, even a, just a full SEC campaign. He has, he has it within himself to be yeah. an NBA player. He's got another year of off-season conditioning. Between his first year and his second year at Auburn, he doubles in size from a strength standpoint. If that continues, he's going to look like Shaquille got, O'Neal. Got a little more maturity on him. Uh, yeah. If he could uh, maybe excise uh, Horace Spencer season three and four, or two and three's hands. Uh, okay. From his hands, that'd be great. Yeah, you want you want better hands than Horace had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Horace was okay yeah, this year. Honestly, Horace had trampoline hands. If Austin, but. if we could just see him go in with the uh, the energy and the toughness that Horace had last year, oh. or just Austin to just do, yeah, yeah. Well, it was similar, <laughs> similar. Uh, oh, JB Smooth taking off his Horace Spencer's like hands and uh, Giazzi Zardes's feet. Very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> that's a U.S. soccer reference. I believe that's pronounced Jesse. Is it Jesse Zardes? Jesse Giassi is what I like to say. Yeah. Could it spell Giassi? Yeah. I think it is Giassi, but it, it's just Jesse. Jesse. They just go Giassi Zardes. Anyway, Jesse he's got Zardes. stone feet when it comes to... He's not a great player. Touch. but He's a great player when it comes to speed and being in the right place. And just accidentally... Just like like ball ball like this guy is... His work rate is alpha, is through the roof in terms of soccer advanced stats, and he is he, constantly in the right place. Somehow, constantly part of uh, FIFA's uh, story mode uh, that they had for a few years. Somehow, as if he were the best America had to offer to put on there. From a work rate standpoint, he might be like <laughs> well, he literally is like that's this very through American. the roof yeah, to be to work to be a hard worker. But just the yeah, he's not he's not Ronaldo. So are we, we don't, are we totally discounting? We don't have football? great strikers. Having, having uh, a chance no, to have a no. what is the, So what does that mean in football? Because they're so different in terms of like, is is making a New Year's Day bowl in football? What is that to? Is that, yeah. It depends on what New Year's Day bowl we're talking about here. So if Auburn's in the Cotton Bowl next <laughs> year. The music, wasn't the Music City Bowl a New Year's Day bowl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was it, not a good bowl. No, that was, that was December 20th. Is oh, Auburn, okay. If Auburn's in the Cotton Bowl. If Auburn's bowl, in a New Year's Six Bowl. Okay, that that, that is that's a success. I don't know what now, the bowls are for the playoff next year, so I'm saying Cotton Bowl just because I like the Cotton Bowl. Uh, well, the Cotton Bowl is a dump. Well, they don't. <laughs> right. I believe it's Cotton and Orange next year, but I could be wrong. Okay, well then that. never mind. If they're in the Sugar Bowl, <laughs> as we used to call it, yeah, the Sugar Bowl. If they're in the Sugar Bowl, like Pat Dye would say, is that a successful year? Or beating Bama without a doubt is a good sugar yeah. substitute. Well, no, because if you're in the Sugar Bowl, that means you are it. Worst, the third best team in the SEC. Right. Yeah. I, so because that, that means t- there's two SEC teams. I kind of think. I kind of think we need. I kind of think we need to finish at least second in the West. So, which is, is a, totally doable. That's the thing. Is yeah. a Sugar Bowl berth better than an NCAA tournament first round exit? Yeah, with the schedule that Auburn's going to have next year. Yeah, we got a yeah. real tough schedule. Because that now, means that means you won at least nine games, maybe ten. Now it depends. Do we make it there? Original? Do we make it there by some hosting a regional? I think Auburn baseball needs to at least 
I don't know what's what's better. Is it winning a regional or hosting a regional? Winning, <laughs> right? Um, so I, I think it depends on how we make it there in football. If we lose some game by some ridiculous, like, are you talking about how we made it to Sugar Bowl against Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma? Yeah, ago? yeah, yeah. If if we like make it there, but we should have done better. Then it's still going to be kind of disappointing. There will be people if we but going to be very we're starting a freshman quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. If we should have done better than a Sugar Bowl, yeah, that means Auburn's a national title contender, right, almost favorite. Right, 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 right. In there will be people unless we win the national championship. Who oh say yeah, we should have done oh, better. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I think I said. I, I don't think I don't think we really want to talk about this now, but ten wins is basically where we got to be at. I, I really think nine is okay. Ten, ten is. Impressive. I don't know, dude. Nine wins. Nine wins, and it means you lost to three top ten teams. I heard, and this was. Um, yeah, we can't be I losing heard, to Arkansas. Guys, or that's the thing. You Mississippi can't State right. or Ole Miss or. Unless those are unless that means team. you're beating Alabama right? and Georgia. Yeah, what did uh, I was listening to another podcast? How dare our, you? Our friends Van Allen and John's podcast. Yeah, they're all right. Uh, Who? Wishbone. And Marcelo was on, uh-huh. and he told a story that one of the Auburn coaches on the recruiting trails was asked point blank by a student, by a student athlete, how many wins does Auburn need to have next year for Gus Malzahn to keep his job? Or to have a safe job mm-hmm. or whatever. And the coach said, same as every year. He has to win two games. And the player's like, what? And he goes, he has to win two games. Georgia and Alabama. That's it. And he will be secure. That's a that's an odd uh, odd thing. Well, we can go ahead and it doesn't matter. He's only done that twice, well, and those are the years <laughs> he's secure. Is that he does that? He got an extension the last time he did it. As a matter of fact, well, that guy got fired, right? So <laughs> he's done it two more times than anybody else in the country. He's doing it twice in the same year. So what I think the thing is, it's not ten wins. It's what ten wins? I don't know. Bama beat Georgia and beat themselves in the same year. Oh. <sighs> Got me there. Anyway, go ahead. Well, that's the thing. It's not. It's not number of wins to me with Gus and success. It's what wins. It's which wins. It's yeah. Well, and really, losing to Arkansas stinks, and that would be awful. Everybody'd be mad. But if you lose to Arkansas, you beat Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. No one's that mad. And I think they're mad if we don't make it to Atlanta based on that Arkansas loss, though. Maybe. But usually if you beat those other two, yeah. you're probably in Atlanta. It's going to be dumb basing <laughs> a head coach's job off of a freshman right. quarterback's development. And what I really think is going to be the case, if yeah. Auburn doesn't look like it has answers in Joey Gate and Bo Nix next year, even as freshmen, mm. Gus doesn't have a chance. The oh, better no, question is, if, right. if at least one of the two of them looks well, I think really good that, next year, regard, you could get to 9-3 and three and be totally fine it, if one of them looks in control of the offense. If Joey Gatewood looks really good next year, it pretty much knocks out all those Gus can't develop a quarterback. Because he's out had of him all year. If he doesn't, but Bo does, it does not eliminate those. Because Bo has had his father as a quarterback coach. If time, anybody so. bases whether or not a freshman quarterback can walk into <laughs> the schedule that's about to happen to Auburn. Oh, it's... And not go undefeated. It's well, can't do it. Gus can't do it. Those people. No, are we just dumb. need to lose to LSU, and we'll be fine. Well, if you want to hear that argument, tune into any uh, ESPN radio, whatever you want to have, any of those callers on there, and you will hear that within what an if, hour. Here, oh, here's yeah. a scenario: What if we lose to both Georgia and Bama, but we beat LSU, LSU and LSU? Baton Rouge? Woof. And win every other game. Happened since I was four. And win every other game. It was in preschool. 
We're probably not going to Atlanta in that scenario, but we're probably going to New Year's Six Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we're probably and we, third in the and we haven't done something. I mean, yeah, you uh, you were alive. I was just time, one, but I, I have one. Gus I did not watch that game. I did. <laughs> I like Gus a lot of cigar. If he does it, I like a cigar. I don't. I hate cigars. I like them. Well, guys, we didn't get a chance to talk about President Stephen Leith. Cue the uh, music, crew. Come on. So, but let's do it for a little bit. We've already been going fifty-five minutes, but uh, we, we, get, we we can't hold this from the people. So apparently, we had uh, a Friday news dump. Not just a Friday news dump, Friday dude. Night. Friday at like Friday, 10, 10 p.m. PM. <laughs> Live from Skybar. It was the b- most bizarre. I was like, wait, what? A buddy mine, fellow Fiji, Alan McNew, sent me a uh, text. <laughs> He's like, sent me a uh, Huntsville news station talking about him leaving. And I was like, what? And then all of a sudden, I see Eagle Eye News was the first one that I saw on the on the story. That Auburn president, Stephen Leith, and Auburn were parting ways. And I was very confused. <laughs> because I thought, wait a minute, this is only two years in. There's got to be more to this story. But I think, I think, actually, shout out to Marcelo again. He's the only one who has said what's true is that only the sports reporters in this state have reported on this story at all. None of the education reporters. Yeah. You haven't seen anything from AL.com, Montgomery Advertiser. Talking about all the all the news stations seem to have have this a two-year tenure for a university president with a five-year contract is not normal. No, not at all. And he was let go, and everyone seems I, to be fine. I with was it. tipped off in April that his days were numbered. Uh, yeah, and well, I think almost everyone knew the relationship wasn't working. Well, he he had no friends. Right. And then then the whole thing happened with the football, with the football facility. facility, which is one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. Those those soft serve ice cream in that football facility. But so when good. it happened, I was like, he's. I was like, well, he really is. He's, right. he's and just and just in it. case you don't know, basically the football facility thing a couple weeks ago Wait was. A second. What's that? There was <laughs> yeah, a sorry, there was a football the facility. The football facility question that we're talking about was. Leith said there is not going to It's be never going to happen is basically what he said. And the next week at the board of trustees meeting, they said it's there's a, going it's to be a It's definitely going to happen. Well, it, and then he said, oh, we should probably make a committee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he tried to like, he, this is the thing he's done uh, throughout his tenure is things of, when things get sideways, then he tries to act like he's in control. That was my he idea. hasn't been on the right side of most of the controversy around Auburn in the anything, last few years. Anything. And... He almost always flips course yeah, when yeah. it's clear. Look, this is a guy. Work. This is a guy we never should have hired. Uh, you, you should have seen. Uh, I've never seen uh, the Auburn community quite so united over <laughs> a subject as when this faculty happened. Faculty and oh yeah, and fans. Yeah, and the faculty like, were being a little cagey, but they were the all, academic and the athletic side kind of against it. Yeah, well, when you spend as much money as he did renovating the president's mansion and then cut uh, department salary or department budgets, that's not going to earn you a lot. Our of good friend, Doctor John Carvalho, he was very uh, diplomatic a, about it and has a great thread. If you really want to read, there was a lot of things that were outside of President Lee's control in terms of PR stuff mm-hmm. coming into the job that uh, he couldn't have helped, but oh, kind of started You mean like out. him using a uh, Iowa State right. uh, plane? Right, didn't happen here, but there. <laughs> and, we did, and the way that the search kind of went on in secret, uh, and so all of a sudden when he was hired, the bad things or the negative press from his last job became public, and there was no one to answer for it because the, the search was done. Right. Um, 
Yeah, it's that's how like, Auburn does a lot of things. I think you kind of you kind of knew that he had no one in his corner when this news started trickling out, and the best thing you heard about him was people saying, "I'm not going to comment." <laughs> there were people who, on the staff side, that I know of that liked him because he was trying to eliminate the silos that higher education seems to have, where departments just don't work with one another, right. and that's an issue. Um, but I think the way he went about it, they they didn't like. That. I know one person that likes him. He really likes him because he's just been in the same room with him a few times. He he doesn't necessarily work for him, right? And and he was th- this guy was pretty upset with how people were treating him. Sure, but he, I can imagine that. But uh, the thing is, is uh, the guy never should have been hired in the first place, and he he was the wrong fit. I. I he cared a lot about. If you want to cue that serial music back up again, I think he was hired because I think, <laughs> I believe he was hired because they thought he was the guy that would keep it down home, cause kind of thing. Oh, uh, his history of corruption led them to believe that perhaps he was the guy for the job. Yeah. Um, now. I don't know if that's true, but it does seem very um, Auburn, yeah. <laughs> Jabba, if you will, uh, for that kind of hire to be made. But now we have uh, President Jay Googe back in an interim role. Uh, the Googe is loose. It's the name I've heard come up, uh, and I think everyone here has probably heard it, uh, because in front of the pod, uh, um, Josh, Black. Josh Black is a big, uh, big proponent of this guy. Bill Hargrave, who's the provost currently, um, He uh, he's... A name that I've heard from several different people. Yeah. Um, now, he was a favorite for the Tennessee job, right? Point, right? Scuttlebutt a few weeks ago was that he was going to be president at Tennessee. Um, so I, I wonder if maybe this move was made to perhaps persuade Keep him, him to not go, so that we could hire. Um, but who knows, um, guys? I think Auburn's better off. Um, I, I, you know, I. I do hesitate to dance on the, the grave of someone who's lost their job. Sure. But I just don't think he was ever the right guy. And he rubbed everyone the wrong way. Uh, the handling, if anybody deserved it, it was him for the way he handled the Bruce Pearl situation, in my opinion. Uh, I, I would like to see Alan Green get a chance to run the athletic department at this point. Yeah. I don't really think he had that opportunity. I, I think he was running it. I think he was running the day-to-day operations, but he was never the face of the athletic department. Right. The way Jay Jacobs was. True. Um, Whenever there was a... He's barely settled into the job, though. Yeah. That's true. All right. Guys, that's going to do it for No us. game tonight. I guess we went a little over. Yeah, we're not, not distracted. Sorry we ruined your game, bro. No game tonight. Yeah, I'll bring it. I'll bring the heat next week. What do we got next week? I'll fa- it's I'll the state of the program. State of the program. State of the program week. coming up next week. I thought we were going to do what ifs. Oh yeah, we're gonna stay do what if two weeks? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, stay program, two, weeks. two weeks. Next yes. week is SB Nation's running a thing out called What If, and we talk. We tackle the biggest what ifs in sports. Like what if uh, Michael Dyer was down? What if those are not? That's an example of what. What if I had not down. been terrible at chemistry and become a pharmacist? Yeah. What if all of a sudden uh, I don't know Gus Malzahn State doesn't of play Sean Marsh, uh, Sean White against Georgia. Oh man! All kinds of what, what if he doesn't make an enemy of Mitch Mustang? That is a good one. We're going to talk about some I didn't of those. Think he made an enemy, and of some Mitch of the Mustang. biggest ones next week on the Orange and True podcast. And you'll hear all about my fish, and we'll hear more about Chiefs fish. Uh, Orange and True podcast is a production of CollegeofMagnolia.com. 
and Chris Porter's Afro. We are produced by me, Son of Crow, and executive producer Jack Condon. And you can find us and more at the wonderful college of Magnolia.com. Also classicmalik.com. Dot net. Dot net. Dot com works too. Thank <laughs> you.